Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan and beside me is Ben as always and we thank you so much for joining us as we um, talk about our passion for the past while being young at heart. So today, episode 34, um, this past weekend over April 21st was Record Store Day um, worldwide or nationwide, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, And we're kind of seeing this resurgence big time in vinyl record sales, especially um, in our earlier episode with uh, Chad Smith of Retro Music and Media. He kind of dove into what it's like to own a record store. Um, but today, we thought it could be a little bit more of a relaxed, free-flowing conversation between Ben and I and what we've seen in terms of how the music industry has changed. We're going to be talking about different ways to to consume music, whether it be through streaming um, online radio. We're going to talk about Record Store Day from last year, the impact that it's having, as well as following up with some stats from the RIAA, as well as the global music industry. Without further ado, Ben, big guy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a great day. How are you doing, Nolan? Not too bad. It's uh, been a great day for me, too. It's beautiful here. Can't really complain. It's nice to have actually feel like it's spring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I feel I, you on that. It's been some crappy <laughs> weather of late. Very true. I'm no meteorologist, but uh, it's getting kind of funky. But anyway, we're going to start diving into episode 34. It might be a shorter episode. Who knows? To kind of depending on the, the road, the winding road. Uh, what's that song? Long and winding road. No, I have no idea what song uh, you're talking about. I think about. it's a Paul McCartney song. Oh, wow. I think it's going to be a theme that every single episode I'm going to sing something. Do it. I dare you. Should it be another Whitney Houston song? I mean, you can sing whatever you want. That's fine with me. <laughs> I, but I just I just dared you to do it on a international show. So I feel like you're compelled to hold up your end of the deal now. All right. Well, that was my song for this episode. <laughs> Tune in next time. Young Nostalgia <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. So let's kick off the show by talking about the changes in the way that music is listened to or consumed now. I mean, it's it's changed so much. I mean, you and I can even think about back to the times in high school about, I guess, let's just start there. So what what was a big music platform that you used back in like high school to be able to, you know, find your favorite bands and, and get their album or one favorite song? Well, um, I remember that was when the digital downloads, it was, it was already starting to hit, it already hit really, really mainstream. Uh, and so there was a lot of just the, the Apple music. Uh, well, I guess that was probably pre Apple music. That would have been just iTunes downloads. Uh huh. You know, everyone had iPods, even people, I knew people that didn't even have Apple brand iPods and they were still using iTunes for their music just because it was such an easy and convenient downloading service. But uh, that was it. It was that in addition to CDs. I remember CDs still being pretty prevalent, um, just because there was still a ton of them out there and they were relatively uh-huh. easy to get and cheap. And this is still at the time when not everyone had smartphones either. I remember I went quite a few of my high school years not with a smartphone and so i relied upon a whether it was a like a click wheel iP- apple ipod or later on with a uh, 
you know, like the, the, the iPod touches and that sort of thing. So I still, so being locked into that type of music player, um, you're really pretty much locked into the actual downloads of individual tracks. Um, not yeah. so much with streaming. I streamed a little bit, you know, when I had the internet access and that sort of thing, like at home. And but even at that time, I know my school did not have uh, open Wi-Fi for students to use. I know that's changed where I live now with the local schools. But at that time, you still, if unless you had a phone that had uh, in the early days of data, um, you had no internet throughout the day. If you know, if you wanted to listen to something like that, so. Yeah, big time. I mean, I remember, like you were saying, with CDs, it would be huge to be able to, you know, have your friend group, and then you guys would swap burn CDs of entire albums, <laughs> either that or mm-hmm. mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would we would download these, um, you know, individual tracks, whether through like FrostWire, LimeWire, or whatever, and then you'd like put them on your iPod. But then sometimes the audio files would be named some weird thing or like they misspelled yeah. the band. <laughs> and yeah, so you have bad. it on your iPod or MP3 player and it would be like just misspelled or some weird um, like website thing. But it's still the song, but it was just uh-huh. it was just different. Yeah. Um, and then I know this is the time I really started getting into Pandora as well. Talk about, talk about the, the kickoff of, you know, online radio. I really do feel like Pandora was the one to spearhead that entire thing you know nowadays pandora is kind of yeah a a big player but most of the time when you hear of online radio or some sort of um major compilation of of radios per se everyone thinks of spotify Mm -hmm. right and people were using spotify a little bit but back then spotify was it was pretty antiquated compared to what it was now and it was really just an alternative to pandora at the time uh-huh. it was pretty much the same thing a little bit lower scale um but now it's i mean now you can download your playlist and that sort of thing and you can do that on pandora as well but spotify seems to have t- kind of taken over the market on that because i mean it really had it first and so that's kind of the prominent thing i am still i don't know about you but i'm still a pandora guy Oh, heck yeah. I mean, I've um, had my account for so long. It's so honed in on the certain kind oh, of music that I yeah. enjoy. Oh, I, I feel you on that. Like, it, it would be very hard for me to switch just because my stations are so fine-tuned that I rarely ever, I never hit a dislike. But occasionally mm-hmm. I'll hit skip, you know, if I'm just not feeling that song. But for the most part, it is just great song after great song i've spent years fine-tuning my my stations and people you know people at work and that sort of thing give me crap about it you know i'm because i use pandora and no one else does and they just they don't understand they're not on my (laughs) level of pandora (laughs) tuning (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i i thoroughly enjoy pandora especially for i mean with spotify and stuff there's still a little bit about curating your own playlist or Mm -hmm you know kind of curating your style but with pandora it's like you don't know what song is coming up next like you can't look at what the set list is coming up you know what i mean yeah um and and then you know they've kind of changed with the times in terms of like um they came out with a new setting or something where where it's like your your tailored radio from all of your radio stations that you have on pandora Mm-hmm. It's like kind of just a thumbprint, conglomerate thumbprint of everything. Thumbprint, yes. Thank you. That it takes it. it takes from everything that you have either listened all the way through or uh, thumbs up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Exactly. Which is pretty cool. I have listened to that quite a bit as well, and I have quite a diverse selection of stations that I have thumbs up and full listens to, and so it's 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 really nice to to listen to that uh, because it's all songs I've obvious I obviously enjoy it because I've listened to them or thumbed them up, and uh-huh. uh, um and so it, it, that's another thing that you get a, a a nice diverse listening experience, but they're all good songs that you really like. Um, but something I was going to say a little bit ago is that uh, I was going to add into the streaming radio is that Apple a while back got into it as well. Um, and that's been around for a little while, the Apple radio. I'm not a huge fan of it, but what I, what I was really going to lead into is Apple has a thing now with their Apple Music where you can subscribe for a certain price per month. You can download and listen to indefinitely anything from their library yeah and yeah, i know which i know you're into that just like i am so i listen that's what i like to, i like like to listen to my pandora for just streaming background kind of music and that sort of thing but i also as i know times are changing and i'm kind of in we're kind of in the minority with this but i still really like to have downloaded songs that i have anywhere even without internet access most definitely most definitely. I mean, you know, if we kind of move into that subscription service, Spotify is amazing for this as well, where it kind mm-hmm. of plays on that same thing, where it's one flat fee and you have a huge library of music. I mean, it's so user friendly. I mean, Spotify is branched out to even podcasts. You know, we're on there. You could mm-hmm. download episodes from there. You can take them with you everywhere you go, your music everywhere you go. Um it's kind of neat in the way that Spotify kind of pioneered it in how people can share their playlists with other people where they could, you know, curate a playlist that's supposed to help you sleep or concentrate. And then everyone can kind of tap into that. Um, and, you know, it's almost becoming another way of social media in terms of oh, sharing, sharing what, what you're passionate about, you know, either the music that you, that you create and, you know, put out there for people or, um, you know, just kind of your style and, and having people listen to the bands that you really enjoy. It's insane. Um, but, you know, I, I'm in your boat in terms of Apple Music. I I, I do believe um, I really enjoy Apple Music's um, platform. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so weird how you can pay $5 a month and have unlimited access to the entire library, the, all that. That's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, millions and of dollars are worth of music. Oh, it is. But, you know, I don't know if you've noticed it, but I think it was a a month or two ago. They've actually, I'm not entirely happy about it. I'll still stick with it because I still like it. But they've changed it a little bit to where um, some of the older, super popular stuff, I can't, I I don't have anything off the top of my head um, as to what artists it would be right now. But they're actually, they're not available anymore for, for quote unquote free download with your subscription. Um, huh? There, you still have to pay for them. Although, if you have the subscription, you get a discounted price. Ah, um, I that's see. Kind of makes me unhappy. And then there's some stuff they're doing now with uh, new releases from artists, to where you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can download it with your subscription. You can buy it outright. I see. But you have to wait maybe a month or two for the uh, digital and hard copy sales to kind of fall a little bit before they make it available for the, the subscription service to download for without additional costs, which 
that kind of aggravates me a little bit because, you know, it was such a great thing for years and now they're kind of getting away from why it was so awesome. But I also understand how, <laughs> you know, we talked a little bit off air before the show about how, you know, there, it, that sort of thing is great and all, but it, in the end it is kind of lowering uh, revenue for the individual artists. And so looking at it from that perspective, I kind of understand it more, but it's still aggravating. No, yeah, I know. I, I see it. I, I mean, we're going to dive more into this with the uh, stats we have wrapped up with the show in terms of um, the rights of the artists. I mean, we've touched on that last episode as well. But uh, a couple of other things before we move into the record store day I wanted to hit on where, you know, if we take a couple steps back where all of these streaming platforms are the new norm now in terms of how people consume their music – Back in the day, it was like what you had on Christmas and birthday lists to want iTunes gift cards to be able to buy <laughs> tracks and music. But now yeah. it's more of just, you know, you just have to pay a flat fee every month and you'll get the music. There's mm-hmm. no gift cards really involved much anymore. Obviously, you can still Wait. get them, but it's Which just, I, I, it's not like, uh, like there's Google Play ones. I mean, Google Play is the same thing, kind of lump it all in. But mm-hmm. you know, there's there's there was things that you you itched for because you wanted a, an album on your MP3 player, and you ha- needed to download it, so you needed that money through a gift card. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I remember that very well. I know that was a big thing on uh, Easter for myself and my brother. Um, that was kind of what Easter was for us. It was you know, my little things here and there, and you know, like a gift card or something. And uh, a lot of times it was iTunes gift cards, but it's kind of fun. I mean, you can still use the iTunes gift. They still sell them every day and you can Uh still use them towards these subscriptions, but it's just become so easy to have it tied to your debit or credit card for that, you know, direct payment every month. You know, it's, it's a lot easier in reality. It's a lot easier to do it that way. I totally, I totally know where you were coming from with the iTunes (laughs) gift cards because those were a, uh, those were a hot commodity in my, uh, yes, my childhood as well <laughs> yes i mean everything's everything like that like google play i mean you could download and there's the same kind of thing but uh okay so let's shift gears a little bit so we talked about a lot how music um, has changed in the way that it's brought to uh consumers and, and listeners and then now we're going to talk a little bit about how the resurgence of vinyl is getting so big especially i mean ben and i are on board for sure but mm-hmm. record store day has become such a phenomenon such a big deal every year um, that it keeps on growing year in and year out Um, and then ben's going to take us away and kind of dive more into uh, the stats from last year and then uh yeah i guess we'll just kind of go from there and and uh keep on going right and and some of these record store stats record store day stats are just i mean it might sound like i'm making a mistake when i'm reading this (laughs) but i'm really not um, and this is from NME.com News uh, for the 2017 Record Store Day. 2018's was, of course, just this last weekend. Um, and so there's not a whole, there's some stats out, but there's hasn't been the time to really compile all the stats. So we're going back to 2017, which was still record-breaking. So um, it'll be just as good. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, with... 547,000 albums sold in one week, uh, the week of Record Store Day. Uh, 2017 was the most successful celebration of the vinyl industry in recent history, uh, which is just an an astronomical amount of sales for a music media that, uh, 
practically speaking uh, and practicality wise is inferior yeah now it's i i personally and i know you do really love it but we can't deny that there are more practical ways of listening to music <laughs> that's true even <laughs> though it might even though vinyl might sound the best and be the coolest yeah anyway right. we digress yeah any anyway sorry <laughs> okay so according to the vinyl factory um which is just an online uh i don't really want to say publication but kind of a blog news media kind of outlet uh, for the week of record store day ending April 27th of 2017, album sales in independent music shops increased by 197% compared to the previous week. Um, Jeez. So basically 200% gains in uh, that's independent record stores, which are not big box stores, not uh, big commercial stores. These are like the mom and pop kind of thing that you'd have in your uh, small town. Uh-huh. Um, and more specifically, uh, specifically that, that was overall sales and vinyl being, uh, looking at just vinyl, the increase was 484%, Jeez. Um, which is an increase of about 409,000 albums on vinyl sold. That's so really there's only about 140 <laughs> some thousand other media bought everything from like maybe cassettes or cd right during that week right. which is insane i mean it's, i know and that's and that's like an average kind of taken like week to week average excluding the high of record store day. yeah and then you know record store day has become such a thing where you know artists will release unreleased audio or unreleased recordings things that have never been brought out to the public but in limited quantities and people go wild about it you know there's here in lincoln there's mm -hmm. posts on um local vintage you know vinyl stores and they were like hey everyone that's loyal and and, and would like to participate in record store day what do you want me to order because i mean you i think <laughs> record stores have like a small amount of time to be able to get in so many orders of what kind of vinyl is available and so they only have i mm -hmm. think you know maybe a certain allotted amount of items total to order so they want their mm -hmm. customers to speak up and then they have you know that variety for them so it, it's insane just how popular and and limited but yet so special record store day has become right and kind of, kind of trailing off on that a little bit record stores are able to do that because from what I've noticed, this is just from my own experiences, it seems like record stores fit a certain specific group of consumers that there's a there's always a really good relationship between the buyers, uh, the frequenters of the record store, and the record store owners and workers. Um, that is my own experience in the relative few record stores that I have experienced in but, I mean, you know, the, the record store that we go into uh, back in the old, uh, the big city of Ada, <laughs> um, we'd go in there and he, we, it got to the point where he would, he would pretty much let us know what came in new. Yes. And he, he knew what we were interested yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really cool. There's very, especially nowadays, there's very few um, types of commerce that, that you see that kind of relationship in. Yeah, I mean, Michelle and I go to. And I really like Michelle it. and I go to Target almost every single week, and they don't give a crap about us every time we walk in. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, Walmart, anything like that. They just, you walk up to the counter and they tell you how much you owe and then you leave. You unless know, you don't walk unless in you're at ha- the automatic uh, unless you're at the uh self-checkout oh there you go even less personable <laughs> yeah. so you know you walk into the record store and you actually have a good that half your time in there is spent just bsing with the record store guy yep very true which i think is really cool i agree <clears throat> okay getting back on track here moving on <laughs> um so <laughs> we've already talked about some crazy numbers uh jumps in sales but um, the numbers were even bigger for the 12-inchers, specifically um, as their sales figures jumped up 4,350%, representing an increase of 2,000 sales uh, to 89 or 89,000 from week to week. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. That's insane. I know that is four thousand percent. That I can't. I. That's nuts. That's just crazy. I mean, that's that's like, I mean, that's like the equivalent of Black Friday to big box stores. No, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I I can't wait to to kind of skim through the this year's stats. I mean, I'm sure it only gets mm-hmm. a little bit bigger every year. Oh, I, I'm sure. So if that was what we've talked about so far is basically just the independent small town kind of stores um, that are, they're not part of a chain, they're not a big store or anything like that. But if you take into account the high street stores or the the uh, the Walmarts, which are now getting into selling a little bit of vinyl, the Targets, the the chain record stores, the, the overall music stores um, participating in the record store day, there was an overall 213% increase in total album sales, which is still very, very high. Um, which is actually, it's actually, if you add those in there, it's a little bit higher than just the overall sales for independent music shops. So that says that, you know, as those kind of average out, there was even higher percentage of strictly high street stores. Uh-huh. And so, I think I think that's pretty cool too. Is that people are not only going to I mean they're going everywhere for these records. Yeah. It's not just not just these little stores. It's you know anywhere they can get their hands. Yeah. On. So really, really, it just kind of proves the point in terms of the the media that that vinyl is is portraying to people now means something. It's mm-hmm. not just the the local the local people that know the mom and pop stores. It's everyone that is interested in the media. Right. Right, which is good to see. So this uh, 2017 record store day um, was officially the biggest non-Christmas period week uh, for album sales since Nielsen began in 1991. Nielsen, of course, being the uh, the statistics keeping uh, organization. I don't know if it would be an organization, but you know everyone knows Nielsen. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was a bad way of explaining that. I apologize. <laughs> Compared to last year's record store day, this event saw a 1.4% growth across the board. Um, and this is kind of attributed to the, um, the overall high quality of exclusive records, like, uh, the reissue of David Bowie's 1971, um, Bo promo demo. And so, uh, one only a 1.4 increase across the board and so th- th- i mean it's so 
2017 is not the anomaly here. It's it's just an over a steady increase in already crazy high sales uh-huh. um, that we see on uh-huh. Record Store Day. Yeah, and Which, it's so. I don't know. I, I go ahead. Go, go, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say it's good to see that it's not just a one-time thing that may or may not happen again next year. It's already a trend that. You know, we see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year, which kind of me it, it generally lends itself to, you know, continuing that way, continuing interest in it rather than just being a one-time thing. No, I that's all I had to say. No, I agree. And then it's it's so cool to know that 1.4 percent is that much of growth. Like it's getting so big, mainstream, and popular that 1.4 percent is a huge a huge growth for it because it's big already. <laughs> it's like it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one one point four percent of ten sales is yeah. nothing. Yeah. But one point four percent of, you know, five hundred thousand, <laughs> five hundred forty seven thousand sales. Now, now you're really talking about something big. Yeah. There. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're gonna round out the show with um, two kind of stats. We got global, you know, kind of music market revenue, and then we got something focusing more in on the U.S. Um, population in terms of how we consume our music media. So music stats for global, and I could find stats for 2016. So overall, the global revenue of music grew by 5.9% in 2016. Um, this, you know, this is everything from CDs, streaming, downloads, um, online radio, you know, everything like that. Things that people pay music for to listen to. Um, that's the that's the revenue growth. Um, and then here is the digital share of global revenues. And so what this is kind of aiming at is we're looking at just the digital age, the digital way that music is distributed. That's either through you know streaming apps or downloads or things like that. Um, and that grew by 50% since 2015. So just within a year, that short amount of time, digital downloads just skyrocketed 50%. And that is not a surprising number to me at all it's it's really high as far as uh any sort of market share growth but it's not surprising in the least as everything possible in life is always moving towards digital um it's no surprise that there would be such a big jump as you know 50 percent. oh yeah oh yeah i mean you've got you've got things from like you know alexa you got the apps you got you got apps that that are connected to radio stations. So like individual radio stations mm-hmm. have their own apps. Um, and then everything from, you know, YouTube subscriptions for music channels and, and everything like that. It's uh, it's like I said, it's only becoming, it's almost becoming like its own social media platform, um, digital music. Mm-hmm. And then you've got things like, like uh, I don't know if you ever used it, but Shazam. Oh yeah. yeah. Where, where you, you say something, you, you're walking through the mall and some song is playing on the, whether it's the radio or the streaming service, whatever a store has playing. You're like, oh, that's really cool. Wonder what song it is. You pull out your phone, you hit the little Shazam button, and it listens, and it'll spit back at you what exactly that song is, who it's by, and it'll give you a link to go right to the Apple Store, or the Google Play Store, whatever streaming service, whatever uh, listening device you have, and it'll give you a direct link to go download it and make it your own, which I, I mean, I don't use it all that often, but I have used it in the past. If there's something, 
Um, I'm not really sure, but I used a lot on like uh, commercials on TV if it has a really cool oh, song in the background. I, I see. don't know what it is. Interesting. But uh, that whole thing, I'm that I'm sure that accounts. I'd like to know the statistics on you know Shazam downloads. Uh-huh. That that might be something we have to look at in the future. Um, but I'm sure that that just popped into my brain as as being a a definite contributor to digital share digital share growth. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, all right, so a couple more here. We got digital revenue growth uh, in general. So even though the revenue increased through digital share sales, um, the revenue from that as well um, increased over seventeen percent. So we're making more money through digital means. Um, growth in streaming revenues up over sixty over sixty percent. So this is just looking at streaming streaming. Um, streaming revenues or like you know streaming apps or streaming services they were gaining revenue revenues up 60 percent in 2016 i mean just out of the moon skyrocketing um mm-hmm. i mean it, like you said I mean, it's not, every every streaming service now seems to have its own you know they have their base streaming service which they get money for advertising but then every all the time there's coming out a bigger and better like premium version of the streaming service and that yes. that accounts for a large percentage of of that growth. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um you know, and there's even things that, you know, what we use like through Podbean it's like, you know, if you you subscribe to the service, you can podcast yourself but then also get like unlimited access to everything else that Podbean has to offer. It's right, like, you know, right. things that they kind of tack on and and uh, you know, widen widen their wing base to be able to cover more of the audience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then uh, moving on, we got physical revenues. So actual physical copies, whether it be CDs, vinyl, or anything like that, actually decreased seven point six percent, which is obviously in tandem with the increase in digital um, streaming and, and sharing platforms. But uh, download revenue, which I thought was kind of interesting, actually decreased by 20.5%. And I'm trying to kind of reason with myself and understand this, where it's like, I feel like streaming platforms are getting so big, they can't charge as much as they used to because people are wanting to get onto that service. You know what I mean? Or it's like... Right. Right. And we talked a little bit, this is another thing we kind of talked about a little bit before the show. Um and we kind of hashed out that a lot of it was so many people either a they pay for a streaming service like Pandora, Spotify, that sort of thing, or they pay for a Apple Music type service where they're they're most of the time paying a flat rate to listen to whatever. So artists and producers and record companies and all that stuff are still making money, but they're getting less money per track because rather than like selling CDs or just straight digital downloads per track or per album where they're getting a certain cut, you know, per download, they're getting so much money as a lump sum or over payments, yeah. you know, that sort of thing for unlimited music, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like you're going to get the same amount of money whether it's 10 people who downloaded your album or 10 million people. Exactly, exactly. So. And yeah, and that could be you could have one person uh, listening to a certain track the same amount of times that a group of a hundred people listen to mm-hmm. it. And so you're you're kind of balancing that with 
you know, you might, you're getting a certain, you can look at it as you're getting a little bit of money from everyone, including people who are not going to be listening to your music, but you also could be losing out on P on something being really popular and losing out on potential tremendous download money, but you're not because everyone's just streaming it. So exactly. I, I guess there's, there's pros and cons to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that's all I had. But. <laughs> no, 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 you, you're totally right. <laughs> I thought I was going somewhere else, but I, I wasn't. All right, we'll uh, shift gears into the rounding out the episode in the 2017 stats um, here in the U.S. So revenues from recorded music in the United States actually increased 16.5% throughout 20, uh, 2017, excuse me. Which is really good. I mean, kind of it means that the the music business is growing. It's it's uh, you know kind of changing with the times and kind of uh, you know being distributed to more people or at least the yes more people more people yes duh it increased I'm an idiot <laughs> uh, in, <laughs> increases were actually driven by more than 35 million paid subscriptions. Like we were saying, you know, streaming and subscription services have just taken off a 56 percent growth year over year so throughout 2017 there was over 50 percent growth of streaming subscriptions um, within the u.s alone so that just proves to you right there i mean as you know streaming is awesome it's great it's so convenient which i think that's why so many people are gravitating towards it where it's convenient i mean anymore you think about it so many people cannot concentrate on one thing at a time or do something it's like they need some sort of constant stimulation and if you have the music mm-hmm. right there at your fingertips downloaded through you know your like let's say if you go home you download a playlist that night while you sleep get up your entire playlist is ready to go that rest of the day and then you're going to undownload mm-hmm. it and then make a new playlist the next day so it's just the convenience and the easily changed aspect of what music can become for you I feel like the streaming has uh, really pinpointed. Especially with the prevalence of unlimited data plans as well. Oh, true. Um, and I, I for one, am a bad example because I don't, I'm still one of the people that, you know, has the data limit and that sort of thing. And that's, and it works, works fine for me. But so many people, so many carriers are really pushing the unlimited data and it's gotten more affordable over the years to where some people, they don't even worry about, you know, waiting till they get home to use the Wi-Fi or anything like that. They just don't care. They just stream it all day, every day. Um, and that has certainly, certainly been a huge contributor into the, just the, the, the radio streaming, uh, the radio streaming trend that we've been talking about. Yeah. Very true. I totally agree with you. You're not the you're not alone, man. I got the the small plan on Verizon. Well, I guess yeah. Well, <laughs> it might be the medium plan since Michelle and I are on the same uh, same thing. But anyway, <laughs> sometimes sometimes we'll be in the car right. and she's on Facebook and I'm like, you using the data? <laughs> <laughs> you better watch that yeah, data. I know. And then she's like, well, then why are we paying for it if we're not going to use any of it? I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, you got yeah, me. You you got got me. me. <laughs> uh, okay, our last t- statistic to talk about for 2017, which is a very interesting one, um, kind of connecting the record store day and, and vinyl increase. So vinyl actually continues to be, you know, kind of the bright light among physical formats, with revenues up 10%. But in general, um, shipments of CDs have continued to decline. But uh, you know, the physical copies of music is still the lowest portion of how music is distributed. 
even though vinyl has become the top way of physical music media, physical music media still is not very prominent. It's not the norm. It's not right. it's not the I, the most popular thing to go. Right. I mean, we that's that's been the trend we've been talking about the whole show to where it's just become you know, as much as we like the the vinyl and and how awesome having a physical copy of the music is, it's just not convenient most of the time anymore. No one walks around with Walkmans and CD players. Yeah. And, you know, it just it it's just not practical when you have the capacity to hold potentially millions or actually i guess with streaming it's infinite amount of uh media you know in something that fits in your pocket yeah and it's just it just doesn't make sense i agree and you know i totally i would i would prefer to listen to a vinyl record on my couch than you know <laughs> listening to earbuds somewhere else um but that i'm um, obviously we're yeah we're i know we're not alone in that but you know a, a lot of us are the minority for the but most we part. are a minority yeah, definitely yeah but uh yep. you know it's just insane to even think about how just in the matter of two generations things have changed so much or even just a generation mm-hmm. um right yeah right yeah yeah i was just i was just gonna add i add in there that i think our particular generation and people a little bit older than us i think that judging from my own experiences i think that we have experienced the greatest change in uh popular music formats um over the course of our our lifespan which you know i it's it's hard to compare because you have to think about someone born in 1970 but you have to think of their lifetime up until 1970 to when they were 23 obviously they've lived through more media changes but you you understand no i i totally get it where because i mean i remember when i was really little i mean i i still had a walkman playing cassettes uh um cds were starting to get i mean they were still popular but there was still you could still go to walmart and buy cassettes yeah yeah and so you know we've kind of grown I, I feel like our particular generation has seen in a given time period the the greatest uh expansion of media formats. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean not even just formats, but the but how easy it is to get a hold of music. You know what I mean? I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. hard back then, but now you'll take two seconds to look up a song instead of driving out to a record store or Walmart or whatever to find the music you want to listen to and get it. So it's, yeah. If I wanted to, I could have been downloading two dozen albums over the course of recording. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's insane. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. You know what I mean? We always thought Mm -hmm. that, you know, Pandora was the best of the best. And now it's Pandora is kind of as popular as it still is. It's not the one that people go to. And so, you know, in, in five years, 10 years it's gonna be interesting to see what the music industry looks like oh yeah definitely it's one of those things to where i'm sure every change in technology is people are like oh how can it possibly get any better than this and you know we can say that all we want now but (laughs) it it always gets better or i guess some people might not think of it as better but it always changes still yeah always all right, man. I love this. This is a great episode. Uh, that's a wrap. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us here at Young Nostalgia this week as we continue our journey through retro 
pop culture. As always, if you enjoy the show, leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We're out there on Podbean, Spotify, but you don't need a subscription to listen to us. It's weird to think like here we are rattling <laughs> off all of these platforms that we're out on and, and here we are, you know, two young geezers talking about how music has changed so much. <laughs> but uh, we're out there on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, you'll find us there. Give us a kind review. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, you know, start interacting with us. If you if you heard this episode, you got some thoughts, get, let us know on our Facebook and Twitter pages, which you'll find on our Podbean page. Um, you know, kind of start interacting with us or give us an email at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. That was episode 34, all about uh, the way music has changed and developed throughout the years. I feel like we got to come up with a, it's going to be a neat show description yeah yeah definitely have to uh to uh get the thinking caps out and come up with something <laughs> same witty. with the title i feel like we gotta do something with bob dylan like times are changing <laughs> i don't know it might be a little uh uh a little vague to to relate to the show i don't know unless we come up with something else but all right man just you know what just just push me aside it doesn't matter no, 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 no. I wasn't doing that. I was just I'm, saying we should, I'm just kidding. should I'm just kidding. be, it should be kind of a hint towards what we're talking about without totally giving it away, of course, but. <laughs> okay. All right. I think it was a good I didn't show. Mean to be a party pooper. <laughs> Anything else, big guy? No, no. That was a great show. I think so, that was too. a great show. As we always, oh, wait, wait, wait. I guess we should take some time to describe our tagline. So if you guys, you know, oh, th- yeah. throughout uh, throughout our shows, we only really described our tagline once was when we very first started. But, you know, having <laughs> over 30 episodes under our belt, I feel like we should describe why we kind of stuck this tagline in there and, and why it kind of takes us back to our roots of why we started podcasting. Um, so I don't know, Ben, if you wanted to give a little blurb. Yeah, well, I mean, we... Part of the reason that it might not come across as to why we say what we say at the end of the show is because we haven't really talked about too much of the the Rat Pack kind of stuff recently. And that was really kind of what we focused on the first couple episodes, the first um, some of our biggest episodes were that uh, about the Rat Pack and, the, you know, and, and, and those guys in that era where um, you hardly ever see a picture of those guys without a whiskey and a cigar in their hand. And so, and that's just kind of how Nolan and I, especially uh, living together, and um, and then uh, that that's it was just kind of us anyway, you know. Whether it was you know relaxing with some beers or some whiskey, and you know, <laughs> of course we'd go out on the roof and smoke some stogies. Um, and so we just kind of came up with that, uh, you know. I think it was basically like the day before. We started like our first no, recording. It we were was kind of BSing about about show stuff, and we just kind of came up with it and like, holy cow, let's turn that into a thing. And now it's been that's how we end our shows. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of figured that since we haven't necessarily hit any of those topics in a little while, it might be hard for newer listeners who haven't gone back to listen to everything. It might be kind of hard for them to to really get you know get that line so yeah good call on bringing that up yeah no problem um it's good to have you guys with us and we appreciate all the love as always episode 34 out 
as we always say here on <laughs> Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. Take care, everybody. <laughs>